episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, guys, we are joined by the head strength and conditioning coach at Quinnipiac, <clears throat> Brajesh Patel. Brajesh. Jay, thanks for having me on, man. Good talking to you. Yeah, bros. But, you know, like before we get too far into this, who is Coach B, man? Uh, who am I? So um, I've been the strength conditioning coach here at Quinnipiac for 12 years now, which is hard to believe. Time goes by fast. And um, it's been awesome. I've been able to build a program from scratch, um, which not a lot of people can say that they've had the opportunity to do. Like I came here as a first full-time strength coach. Um, they told me, hey, your responsibilities are work with basketball and hockey, and then you kind of oversee everybody else. And, and it was just me. And then that kind of evolved into me getting some part-time help and eventually some full-time help and a part-time or two. And now I've got two full-time assistants. I've got a GA basically seen our strength issue program and our department really grow from the ground up, which is really, really cool to see. Um, I still work with basketball and hockey here. Um, fortunate to have a GA along my side to help with basketball, but it's a, um, it's, um, that's who I am right now and, and where I've been. I've been a, uh, an assistant transition coach at the College of Holy Cross. I started at the University of Connecticut, and um, I started at a pretty formative time in my life and is also in the field, too. Like I, I, I look back at times, and I was really fortunate to be surrounded by the people I was surrounded by. Like 
you know, I was a, a freshman in college and, and Jerry Martin let me, uh, let me volunteer in the varsity weight room. And along his side was Andrew Hootie. And, um, along that side was a GA named Sean Wendell, who's with the Indiana Pacers. And he basically took me underneath his wing. And then, and then a couple of years later, Tina Murray came along and she's with the Sacramento Kings now. Um, Mo Butler's still there. Um, Pat Dixon, like, and it's just, I was I was fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really great people that I can call my good friends right now. Um, and so I think a lot of those experiences have been able to intern with Mike Boyle too. Um, all those experiences have kind of shaped me into the kind of coach I am today. You've been there for 12 years? Yeah, yeah, long time. Wow, yeah. We were just talking the other day. It was, uh, I was talking with Simone, and we were, we were talking, and then – She's like, yeah, she's, you know, because I started under B. And I was like, like, B and Jeff at Holy Cross? Yeah. And she was like, no, no, at Quinnipiac. And I'm just like, has he been there long enough for that? And it's like, yeah, 12 years, man. Time flies. Way too fast. No Way too doubt. Fast. Yeah, long time. Yeah. Well, listen, man, you've, you've been able to cross paths with some Great coaches, some awesome people have been able to mentor some really, really great coaches too. I think that one of the things that people don't understand is how awesome like your coaching tree is. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. But with that, there's been a ton of learning situations and there's yeah. had to have been a few aha moments. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with us one of those learning situations that really brought an epiphany in your career. Yeah. You know what? Um, you know what it was? It was actually in 2005. I was at Holy Cross. Um, I was probably a, a year out of grad school. And Jay, I thought I made it. I mean, I mean like I had a full-time job. Like um, I was on my coaching game. Like I, I was good. Like I, had, I knew how to write programs. I thought it was pretty well read. So Mike Boyle invited Jeff and I to go to the Functional Strength Coach 1. Right? And so we, he, we videotaped it. We're up at BU videotaping. And he was doing all these presentations. And I was like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Like he was talking about like Shirley Sarman. I had no idea who the name was. He had other people there. I, I had no idea who they were, but they were like really good coaches and really good professionals. And he was talking about like lacrosse ball on your feet. And I was like, I've never heard of this. Like, cause I thought I had it made, you know, I thought it was like, I thought it was good. And that opened my eyes. I'm like, man, like this guy's like 40 something years old at that time. And he's never stopped learning. Like he's always trying to find a way to get better and somehow in some way I'm like, shoot, like I need to, I need to find out what's going on. Like he was talking about Stuart McGill and I'm like, that was before like McGill got really mainstream. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who that is. Um, it was wild. It was a eye opening experience for me. Cause I'm like, man, I, I, there's a lot for me to still learn. Like I need to get better at a lot of things if I want to try to become like adaptable in my game. Um, and evolve as a coach. And so, uh, so that was probably my epiphany was, um, it's like never stop learning and never trying to never stop getting better. You know, you know, I think too, that one of the parts of those functional strength coach videos that gets overlooked is how many just like studs were in attendance and like how <laughs> that training I don't know if there's ever going to be another time or place like the strength and conditioning culture had when it came to the people in the area like there was in Boston yeah. in the early 2000s. It was awesome. It was unreal. 
and again, like I was like fortunate. I mentioned my time at UConn, like, like my time and my first job, my first full time job being at Holy Cross, like Cressy, like Eric Cressy and I went to grad school together. He was right up the road. Like Tony Gentlegore was there. It's like John Paloff, who's a, it was an unbelievable PT. Like he came and like wanted to learn from Jeff and I at Holy Cross. Um, like Mike Potenza started in that area. Like, um, like Boyle, obviously, and then just so many coaches that have come underneath that tree. Like we were in an Art Horn at, at Northeastern, starting up his thing. Um, and there, there was a, there was a lot of good people um, in and around th- that time. And it, and again, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh yeah, and I think that that's like that was really like a you know the, not to steal a title, but like really like a golden era. Like you know when it comes to training and developing coaches, like to get things moving in the right direction. I mean, like Harris at BU, you know, another guy, you know, like that was up there and it's, there's just a, yeah, like so many, and I, you know, I think that obviously Mike and then art really helped bring that to fruition, like sort of people to understand how big that was. Um, but yeah, man, that, that was, cause he would, I, I still go back to number two. Shoot, I still use that workout muse thing that he put. I put it on my phone. I still use that in my warm up, like as things, because if I don't, I screw things up. Like going back and seeing what I think is really cool is you can go back and you can actually kind of watch like the evolution of what Coach Boyle does, yeah, and and, and see how some things are secular and some things are like, all right, this is the direction things are going, and you can kind of plan ahead a little bit too. And it was wild. Too. So we asked Jeff and I just to talk about ISOs because we had been using ISOs at that time. And I was like, man, I am so nervous to be able to speak in front of these, the, like this, this group of professionals right now. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get called out on anything. <laughs> on anything. I'm like, I think I know this pretty well, but I'm like, this is how we use it. But it was, uh, it was, a, it was a humbling experience and definitely a, a moment in my life that I'll never forget. And it's, it's definitely motivated me to continue to learn and continue to get better since that point. I love it, brother. That's awesome. So then, you know, a guy who is a continuous learner and a guy who does a lot of teaching and a lot of mentoring and has helped a lot of people, you know, really cut their teeth. You're, you're an inquisitive guy. So I'm excited to hear this. If B had one question that he could ask and he knows he would get the answer to it, what would that be and why? Um, I think it's why do you do what you do? You know, I mean, I think that that's the question. Like, why do you do what you do? And honestly, the answer that I give to that is I think um, every – this is a little kumbaya-esque, but I think every single one of us has an opportunity to be a better version of themselves than we are right now. And strength conditioning just happens to be my avenue to help and guide people to become better versions of themselves. And so if my goal and my mission is to help other people, then – then damn it, like I need to get better myself. Like I can't help you, I can't help like a, a young intern get better or an student athlete that I see get better if I'm not willing to get better myself, willing to get better with my sleep habits or my nutritional habits or my training or my education or my my social development or my my mindset strategies. Like I like I'm I'm doing everybody else a disservice if that's why I do what I do. Does that make sense? thousand percent there was just that article that came out about doc rivers right like if you can't take care of yourself and you can't make yourself yeah. better then you 
Matt Johnson says it all the time, right? If you you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And yeah. so 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 definitely investment within my own self, I think allows me to invest in others more fully. I love that, dude. I love it. But you do have a lot on your plate and you do do a lot to help a lot of people get better. But at times, you know, B's got to breathe and he's got to come back and reline up. So what's your escape, bro? Like, what do you do to kind of bring yourself back to neutral? Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think I do that really well. Like, I think for me, like escape is probably reading a book, which is usually personal development or personal growth or strength conditioning related. But, um, you know, I had to think about this one. I, I think the biggest thing that I really enjoy to do that, that has nothing to do with my job or what I do on a daily basis in my profession is probably listen to music or, or getting lost in a movie. Like, um, like music or movies or somebody's re- somebody else's representation of their life or a story that they've kind of created. And it's their artistry at work. And I think sometimes like when we write a program, that's, that's our version of, of being an artist. Or if we're coaching a group of athletes in our organization, our ability to organize logistically um, a room, like that's how that's how we're viewed as artists too. Like that's artistry. You know what I mean? Like can can you do that? Can you communicate? Like those are all versions of, of being artistic. Um, I think I can get lost in like a really good movie, you know, a really good movie or a really good story, um, and definitely in music for sure. I mean, there's like there's so much music out there right now. Like I don't know if I love all of it. Like but it's, but it's their interpretation of their life. So sometimes you can gain further appreciation, again, for yourself by listening or watching other people do their work. No doubt, brother. No doubt. I love that. That's great. And sometimes even movies that are bad, you can just <laughs> zone in on it. Just exactly. keep going, you know? Even if it's just funny, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, comedy fixes a lot of things. Well, listen, brother, as always, great chopping it up. Great seeing you. So glad you're doing great up there, man, and and truly appreciate your time. Thanks, Jay. Have a good one, man. You too, man. We'll be in touch soon. Absolutely.